hear us, yeah? All right, so first off, I'd like to say that uh, about non-duality, because a lot of times people say there's a non-duality meeting they're going to. So the mind likes to make something out of nothing, yeah? So non-duality really means not to. It's a negation. It doesn't mean anything else. So it doesn't mean there's something called non-duality. It just means there's not something called duality. So I, like, I always like to take this approach. It's not about knowing what you are. It's really finding out what you're not. Yeah? Because you can't know what you are. What's seeing can't be seen. Yeah? What's hearing can't be heard. What we believe, what's feeling can't be felt. Yeah? There's a point where uh, we end, in a sense, this we. And, that, and then there's all there is. And... Uh, this we is never going to make that, that into something. Yeah? It can't conceptualize it into it. Because the mind likes to know things. It doesn't like a verb without a noun. Yeah? It doesn't like just doing. It always wants to see there, there must be a doer there somewhere. Yeah? And if he, if he can't find that you're the doer or I'm the doer, it will say God's the doer. There somehow is going to be a noun somewhere. Instead of just seeing that it's seeing. Seeing doesn't imply a seer. It's just seeing. It's just seeing. The mind is just seeing. It's basically seeing nothing, in a way. Uh, but what occurs is, so what I am, actually, is the seeing of what I'm not. Yeah. That's simply the best, the closest I can get to it. I am the seeing of what I'm not. So whatever can be seen, I'm not that. Yeah. And... Uh, and there is no point where, no matter how, if there's a lot of seeing going on, it doesn't mean there's a seer. If there's a little bit of seeing, it doesn't mean there's a seer. There's just seeing. So there's just activity. It's just verbing, let's say. And uh, this structure of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, this feeling, this feeling of being a body, this sense of being a self, I would say is a product of the mental process. A mental process produces this sense of being a self, yeah, through an activity called selfing. It can't really produce a self, but it can appear to be one, yeah. So the point is, is the mind's desire to become a self can never reach fulfillment. It can never be something what something that it isn't, yeah, because it's already nothingness, yeah. So it can't become a self. So this original, not original, let's say it's a primary desire, is to become a self. The mind is into being a self, but it can't reach climax. It can only appear to be a self. So the selfing is either you don't want to be what you think you are, or you want to be something else you think you'd like to be. Yeah? So you have a desire not to be something, or you have a desire to be something. And it's just sort of like a slinky. Yeah? The slinky goes, it goes this way, this way, this way, and it's like on an eternal staircase. It never reaches a point of stability. There's no rest in it. Yeah? There's no rest because it's totally agitated because it can't come to fulfillment. It can't come into a climax. And it's, so it's always agitated. And when the mind is reflecting that as you, then you're not going to be able to enjoy peace of mind. Then you're not going to reflect that the emptiness or the clarity of mind, you're going to reflect the mental process, the agitation of that. 
And for the mind to rest on that and to, to try to find peace and agitation is an impossibility. Yeah? But if I'm not that, yeah? if I'm not that, you'll find out. Yeah? If I'm not that, find out. I can't, you don't want, see, if I'm not that, there's no one that turns around and starts looking for what it is. Because there's no looker, yeah? Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. So here we are busily looking for what's looking. You don't realize what's looking is right at this moment. But it's been interpreted as a you looking for. So seeing gets bastardized and turned into a form of looking called self-centeredness. And no matter how hard you look, you're blind to the seeing. And then this produces dis-ease and discomfort, so now we're out looking for other ways to correct this form of looking. Yeah? So let's say Buddhism and other practices. It's sort of like you have a pair of glasses called self-centeredness, and those distortion of looking through those glasses are producing an ease, an ease, right? A, a discomfort, a restlessness. And therefore, there's an imperative to get relief from that. So what happens? We look for other pairs of glasses to put on to correct the distortion of the first pair of glasses. But the true distortion of the first pair of glasses is you're taking them to be your eyes. Yeah? You can't entertain to take these off because you think it's you. Yeah? That's the point. If there's an identification as self, then that mind that's identified as self can never entertain being free of it. It can only entertain being free as it. It can only entertain being free as a self, which is the bondage or the slavery to the idea of being a self. You're constantly trying to get free from what you, you are not. Yeah? It's sort of like, why is it impossible to get out of self? Why is it that self can't get out of self? Because there's no self to be in. If you are applying solutions to an imaginary problem, that would be a big problem, wouldn't it? If you keep attempting to find a solution to this real problem, and it's actually an imaginary one, that's a huge problem. So this is the point. The best way to get out of something is realize you were never in it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so quick, it's, it, it has a quality that will be recognized so quickly in you of timelessness that a solution worth its salt cannot have anything to do with time. It cannot be a, something that's produced or achieved or, or polished, anything like that. It's like a, it's like, cuts like a cold knife very quickly. Yeah, the timelessness just downloads. And you see, the reason why it takes no time to get out of something that you're not in because you're not in it. Yeah? <laughs> for, for some to leave somewhere you'd have to be somewhere so there's this huge drive of self-seeking that's producing tons of agitation to try, try to find fulfillment or some relief from the original desire never being fulfilled which is being a self no matter how much you think, no matter how much the mind interprets life from the point of view of a self, you and I will never turn into a self. It can never complete. So its whole basis is agitation, seeking fulfillment. But even if you find a fulfillment here, you're agitated, aren't you? You're moving on to the next big thing. You've got to look for super turbocharged Buddhism. <laughs> 
or you know, there's this idea of getting into the moment, yeah, and then really getting into the moment in the books galore, and really, really getting into the moment, yeah. But if how can you even entertain? How can you actually be out of a moment? Yeah, you are the moment. You're not something appearing in the moment that can be out of it. You are the moment. So how can you get into what you're already in? I would say all the activity of getting into the moment is acting as if you're out of it. Everything, all the practices to practice, I'm really wanting to get into this moment, is producing the exact opposite effect. You actually, the premise you're resting on is, I'm out of the moment. Or, I have a possibility of being out of the moment. And then the same thing in the other way, people are trying to get out of self, those small s, and yet if you ever go to those groups, they're talking about self more than anyone else. All night they're talking about self. And yet the, the, uh, the meaning is to get out of it, but how can you get out of something you're not in? So in one way, we're trying to get into something we can't get out of, and we're trying to get out of something we can't be in. Yeah. Seeing that, what comes over you? An immediate relief. An immediate radical relief. You see the structure of mind. Yeah? And when the structure of mind stops being structured, something continues. I'd say we are that which continues. Yeah? And wh- how far, where can you go back to? The only place you can go back to is the seeing. Yeah? There's no point where you can get behind the seeing and become the seer. Like right now, there's seeing going on through five gates. There's conscious contact through seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And in Buddhism, they talk about the mind like a sixth sense. So my mind is seeing thoughts like my eyes would see a bird if it flew by here. Yeah? So there's conscious contact happening. But to see what the selfing, the mental process does, it claims to be the one who's in conscious contact. So when Lord Buddha says, when, you, when see, see, when hear, hear, when feel, feel, when taste, taste, when touch, touch, what happens when that occurs with us? When there's a recognition of seeing, there's a seer and the seeing, yes? When there's a recognition of hearing, there's the hearer. Yeah? When there's a recognition of feeling, there's the feeler. You, you see how it just co-ops the conscious contact, and now it's the one that's in conscious contact? And what occurs if it's the one that's in conscious contact, it entertains it to be unconscious. Instead of really just sensing the state, the all-pervading state of consciousness, it's now been sort of divvied up as an attribute you may have, that you can work on and become more conscious. Or if you don't work on, you become less conscious. When it's a state of consciousness, nothing added, nothing subtracted. Nothing I ever did is going to add on to it, and nothing I ever did is going to subtract from it. I have absolutely no relevance to it, as this little action figure called Paul. (laughs) That's the beauty of it. As soon as I have something to do with it, I make nothing into something. I've neutered it. I now know it. Yeah. In Zen, they talk about the highest form of mind, the I don't know, which causes us to find out. And that's a beautiful form of knowledge. Yeah. Because that kind of knowledge, you can't make much out of it. It makes something out of you, in a way. 
it, it downloads, and then you, the realization of the knowledge is the living of it. Yeah, It's not something that you can uh, claim and put it on a little bookshelf you know, or a little spiritual mantle and sit it there because you're in a, in a state of alertness because you don't know. Yeah? You have no freaking clue what's going on here. You just have a strong clue it ain't going on to me. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> look at doing. Just look at it. Personal doership is the branch all guilt and shame rests on. How could it not? Yeah. <laughs> all of these these mental states that keep arising in us are framed by one larger state called self-centeredness. And that frame influences every mental state we experience throughout the day. We see things as a subject. We see things as an object to me as a subject. It's the original aspect of duality called dualism. The subject-object break. Where there's the I, like right now, I'm seeing you, yeah? And I would say, I'm seeing you, 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 you. And from where you are, it's I'm seeing you. Yeah? So right from this point, you're a you to me. Yeah. I am seeing you. From your point, I'm a you to you. Yeah? So you can say out of these 40, 30 people, there's only one I seeing. Everyone's having a very, very authentic hit on the experience. I'm seeing a you, which is an object. Yeah. I could say I'm seeing a chair, I'm seeing a desk, but when I look at a body, it's I seeing you, okay? All right, so let's say we bring 800 people here. I'd still be seeing you, tons of yous. Eight billion yous, 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 yeah? And they would be looking back at me as a you. Now, with all this evidence of eight billion experiences proclaiming that I'm a you, yeah, what my mental process does is it... It takes the, it claims the attributes of the I and weds it with the body called a you and then crowns it me. (laughs) And now I'm distinctly different from all the you's. Yes? And there's only one me. No matter how many you's show up, there's never going to be a me show up. Yeah? This is called self-centeredness. And of course, the main movement of selfing is to claim. So what does it claim first? Consciousness. It claims conscious contact. And now it's you that's in conscious contact. Yeah, It's actually you believing your seeing. I remember when I was nine years old, my, uh, this guy Uncle Fred died, and my mother took me to the funeral. And uh, she said, well, let's go up and say goodbye to Uncle Fred. And so when I, I saw the body in the, in, in the casket, I had a very strong hit. That ain't Uncle Fred, yeah? But I had been seeing him. I was, I was mistaking the I with the you, yeah? And I was calling it Uncle Fred. Because I was mistaking the I with this you and calling it Paul, yeah? So I was just projecting the same, the same ignorance, in a sense, from here on to him. But when I saw the body without that animating principle in it, I, I knew beyond a doubt that ain't Uncle Fred. And if I would have taken an eye out of his head and put it in a live body, that I would see, would facilitate seeing, but it was not seeing out of Uncle Fred's body. Yeah. So is it the eye that's seeing? If, it is, if the eye is seeing, and if your eyes open and a bird flew by, would you be able to choose not to see that bird? 
if there's a sound in the room, are you actually choosing to hear that sound? Or does, or does the sound rush in? The conscious contact always beats you. It's like a gunslinger. You never win. You're trying to claim it, but the conscious contact is prior to the arising of the sense of being a you. Yeah? So the movement of selfing is always claiming. Yeah? You can see it. It's quite easy. If you want to put a word up here, uh, money, put money, yeah? And then put sex. And let's say put health. And everyone, based on the condition they seem to find themselves right this moment, would have a meaning to it, yeah? You weigh money, health, and sex. Now, all you need to do is add one little word and change everything. My money. <laughs> a lot of stories are written about that, eh? My health, my relationships. You see, that's the act of being identified, yes? You are now the subject to the money. The money is now an object. And I've seen people who have a million bucks, let's say, and you would think that you could live at least a few months in Marin on a million bucks pretty comfortably. Yet, and they, if that was just seen as money, it would probably work, but it's seen as my money, and they have a belief system that there's never going to be enough for them. So they don't find any peace with a million dollars. Yeah? It doesn't, it doesn't translate into an ease and comfort, though it had the possibility to produce because of the my. Yeah? So the, the my is the act of, of being identified as. So now, let's say the same thing with thoughts. Thoughts are just thoughts, like a bird flies by a window, the mind sees a thought. But the thoughts, once they're held as my thoughts, yeah? once as they're held that I'm the thinker of them, or they're about me, or they're about life concerning me, yeah? See, you may see the thoughts, you may not see those two things underneath. Yeah? The whole difference between a thought and my thought is huge. Yeah? A thought comes and goes, just like that bird would fly by you. A thought has that same nature, but when it becomes mine, it gets put into orbit around your little planet called Paul. Yeah? And it may have a short orbit or it may have a big loop, but it's never, it's just, it's, it's enslaved to this preoccupation as being a you. Because the appearance of you, the appearance of a self, has to be reinforced. Yeah? It has to constantly being, it has to constantly be projected because if it stops, you'll see the emptiness of what's happening here. Yeah? So it's constantly projecting. So the thoughts, the thoughts, the thoughts, as soon as they're held as yours, yes, they're now enslaved to promote that possibility that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? And it is a form of slavery. Because if you came over to my house and complained about some of the thoughts that were driving you crazy, I, no matter how close you sat next to me, I wouldn't catch it. Yeah? It wouldn't. I would, it's not contagious. I'd have like a built-in immunity because they're your thoughts. Yeah? But the same thoughts that are driving you crazy, if those same thoughts went through this head and I was holding them as mine, they would have the ability to drive this crazy. Yeah? So it's not the thoughts that drives us crazy. It's the mind. Yeah? It's the mind's meaning. It's giving through the bridge of the claiming of the thought. It's injecting the thought with a lot of meaning. It projects it and then you seem to perceive the thought. But the projection comes first. Yes? The mind is giving the meaning, everything all the meaning it has. So the mind projects the meaning it has for that thought over the bridge of my, and now you believe that thought is a solid, separate entity, a thing called a thought. 
and it has its own meaning, but it doesn't at all. It's just a carrier of the meaning of your own conditioning, yes? So the enslavement isn't by thought. The enslavement is by mind, yeah? It uses the thought to actualize or manifest this enslavement, but the enslavement is in mind, yeah? That incredible urge or desire to become a self. If you see it, if you see it, sooner or later, the emphasis in that seeing that will leave the that and be on the scene. And there'll be a very strong hit of what you are by seeing what you're not. Yeah? And if the emphasis shifts enough, there'll be an immunity to the what reinforces the appearance of being a you, and there won't be any appearance of being a you. Yeah? There'll be the activity of the selfing, but the product of the selfing won't be produced. Yeah? The thing is, see, selfing produces a product. That's the feeling of being a self. Yes? When it produces that feeling of being a self, the feeling of being a self puts itself prior to the selfing. I hear people call me or email me. Oh, I've been selfing like crazy today. You see? The feeling of being the one who's doing it has now... They're in the product already. The selfing isn't driving them crazy. The feeling of being a you being driven crazy is the product of the selfing. Yeah? The selfing's activity... So here's selfing. All right, I'm worried about next week. Da, 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 da. You see it, yes? Yeah. What happened? And people, re and so then maybe they get a little information. They start recognizing a little bit of the selfing, yeah? But there's always this part you don't see which bounces up like a noun, yeah? And so sooner or later, it's you're the one that the selfing's driving crazy, or you're the one that's doing the selfing, yeah? That's also selfing. There's no place where you appear, yeah? And they're all finite lines, they don't go on infinitely. There is a point where the selfing ends, yeah, and there's nothing begins. That's that space, that's that presence, that's that unfettered awareness, yeah. It's freed from what? The selfing. And when it recognizes it's not that, it loses interest in it, yeah. The attention and interest is dismissed to that slavery and now starts enriching your life when it's usually, a, it's, it's enslaving your life. If you have an extreme amount of interest and attention in the thought system, it's like being in a porno theater, yeah? You're just watching a movie about you all day. Debbie doing Dallas, Dallas doing Debbie, yeah? Constantly. But what would happen if your interest and attention was freed from that? Because what's binding it is it's about you, yeah? If you're not that you, it's about the interest and attention is freed from that slavery. And instead of going back to the, the idea of being a self, it now rests in its own nature, which is no thingness. So before, when you do, all you did was sense your dilemma and your thoughts, you now sense a presence. It's the exact same interest and attention. It's just freed. Yeah? The interest and attention that's enslaving you is, what, is the exact interest and attention that will enrich your life. It's the exact same. Just like everyone here has tons of faith. No, we do not need to acquire faith. We have to see what our faith is in. If your faith is, is in the thought system of selfing, you're going to be living in anxiety. Yeah? Faith is going to produce anxiety.
because you're going to be occupied with what's not happening. Your mind is constantly dwelling on actually what's not happening. It has this little fixed object called you, and it places you somewhere else at some other time, and then thinks about it. <laughs> and if you ask them, I want to see what's bothering you, they, they can't bring it here. Because it's actually not happening. Yeah? So listen, let's say if I was a therapist, and, my, and most of my customers I was dealing with, they're suffering from mental anxiety. It's not fear at all. Yeah? Fear is a valid emotion. But the mental anxiety is triggering the physiological effects of fear. So, and I would say to them, first of all, my sessions would be like a minute. <laughs> you know? Because as soon as they started telling me their story, I would just very nicely say, hey, that's not happening. <laughs> and what would happen if you saw it as not happening? What would you need to do after that point? Nothing. Yes? That's the timeless quality of it. The timeless quality of the solution is it's not happening. Yeah? And if you get start getting used to being somewhat here, where conscious contact is going on, it produces immunity to that mental realm of what's not happening. The desire of the mind to dwell there is because you really appear big in there. Yeah? I swear to God, you are so important back there. And you're, I mean, you're worthy of tons of worry about there. You are so worthy of being anxious about what could possibly happen to me. And look at what's not happening. Anything can happen there. You can think anything can happen. It's just a, as, whatever you can imagine. I mean, you can have cancer. I'm probably my girlfriend sleeping with someone else right now when I do this stupid talk. <laughs> What's that going to mean to me? Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Contraction. Yes. <laughs> happening, you may like it or not, who, who, I don't know, but what's happening has one quality what's not happening have, doesn't have. Yeah? Only one. And you know what that is? It's happening. Yeah? <laughs> it's happening. This is a perfect place to anchor so that you don't get caught up in those mental storms. Yeah? If you can just have the sense of consciousness in contact right now through this apparatus, you will have an immunity to what's not happening. And most of the worries and concerns are coming from there. It's like, you know, Jesus supposedly uh, raised the guy from the dead, you know, Lazarus. Yeah. Pretty big miracle, right? But we're all miracle workers every day. We're raising anxiety out of nothing. We are. We're producing effects right here and now from a, a field, an imaginary field called not happening. It's sort of like, it's like almost like a marijuana crop. We're like, we, we're just like mutating it and smell it, smell it. Oh, yes, yes. That could possibly happen to me. Yeah? This is what I mean. The solution is timeless. Yeah? It breaks through and the problem takes time. Yeah? It takes time to visit what's not happening. And it takes time to make something out of what's not happening. Yeah? But the solution is always immediate. Yeah? It's timeless. It's always inserting every moment of this linear story is that infinite moment in a sense. It's sort of like when you, 
used to always joke around epiphanies. Do you ever had an epiphany? I'm sure people here are some major epiphany havers. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> epiphany. All right, so you have an epiphany, which I would say is like a pause here or something. Uh, the linear story stops and then there's just life going on. And uh, have you ever made a reservation for an epiphany? Did you call ahead? <laughs> Pump the Kenny G music in, get the candles. Yeah, I want that bath, you know, the Eagle Claw bath. Yes. You know, we don't, it just sort of comes, yes? But what happens when it usually ends? A thought arises, a few, and says, I just had this incredible epiphany. Yeah? As soon as, and it's amazing. When the selfing claims the epiphany, there's a feeling of being the someone that was before the epiphany. Yeah? Once it arises in this moment, there's a feeling that was there in the past. Yeah, this is incredible how it uses time. Because it's actually a product, but it always places you self, you, the self as the one who's doing the product. Yeah? So the selfing is seen to be done by you when you are done as that. Yeah? That's what produces the sense of being a self, is the selfing. Yeah? And it, it can never be a self. That's the beauty of it. Yeah? And it's not... A relative solution. It's absolute. It's not like you're going to get over a self and say, oh, I was once a self and now I've gotten over that and now I'm a non-self. No, there was never a long-lasting independent separate entity. There's never been a noun to be found here. Yeah. You're like a free-range mind. There's no coop that can hold you. Yeah. What you are is prior to everything else. can't come to it. See, if we could get there, if we could get there, we'd probably leave. Yeah. To the mind, the selfing, it's the getting there. It has no desire to arrive anywhere. Yeah. If you truly arrived, it would, see, it would be obvious it's not you. So you always have to be in the pursuit of something, moving on. I know some people that have been enlightened three times this life. Like one wasn't enough. Three. Three enlightenments. Yeah? Enlightenment this way and enlightenment that way. They're on their fourth enlightenment now. Yeah. The feeling of being... The selfing is agitated. It doesn't come to rest. Yeah. The good news is you're not that. That's what I like this approach, if you want to call it an approach. It's not a description. It's like if I was here and we, t and we described the eternal moment as this incredible ocean, yes? And every, we'd say, oh, it's so blissful or whatever. The peace is supreme. It's empty and void and clear as a, you know, whatever. But the thing is, if there's a sense of being a wave, yeah, then that wave is what's going to try to know the ocean. But it's already separated, taking itself to be a wave. So the way it's going to know the ocean is through experiences, through study, through this and that. But it will never be the ocean because it's taken itself to be a wave. We're just questioning, are you a wave? 
If you're not a wave, that's the ocean. Yeah? That's the ocean. It doesn't, the wave doesn't have to go through any process to become the ocean. It already is the ocean. Yeah? So just be clear about what you're not, and that's what you are. Is the being clear about what you're not. It's the seeing of what you're not, that's what you are. Yeah. To describe it would be making it into something. The mental process is dying to have it as something. It wants to make a noun out of it. Yeah? It wants to make it something it can know and have and talk about with others and, and you know compare things. But this is not to be caught or to be had. This isn't like a horse you ride, it's riding. Yeah? It's seeing. It's like incessant onness. <laughs> when I sat here, that was too late. <laughs> you has to be in time. That's where it appears. The feeling of being a you is a pr production of a mental process. That process of mind takes time. You are prior to time. So you, what you and I are has always been prior to what we're appearing to be. And there's no way what we're appearing to be is going to be, become that. Yeah? It's just seeing I'm not that appearance. That's what I am. Yeah? And it's direct. Very clear. Takes no time whatsoever. Yeah? And if the emphasis shifts, immunity to all the appearances of being you, because they're, they're, some of them are very, very sublime, the appearances of being you will be like that sense of the open sky, you know, as the mind. You know how things appear in the sky, but do those things that appear in the sky affect the sky? If you had some 4th of July explosions, did they rip the sky open? Yeah. Have you ever heard a, a, a pilot you know, talk to the tower and saying, I ran into a big chunk of sky up here? Yeah. When it rains, does the sky get wet? The clouds, do the clouds ever affect the sky, or do they just appear in the sky? And everything that appears in the sky has no effect on the sky. That's sort of like the mind, yeah? What's ever appearing has no effect in what it's appearing in, yeah? The content is not going to have any influence on the context. It's like we, here, there's this chair, yeah? So, let's say this chair, oh, a lot of very special asses I've sat in this chair for the last 30 years. Yeah. It's a very important chair. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people and I never really notice a chair, but let's say there's a chair. Now what happens when I move it? And if I move it far away, then where you couldn't see it. The only way you know it was by memory, yeah? And did I have to rush some space to take the space that the chair took up? Yeah? Did I have like a closet that had this exact shape of space so that you wouldn't, you wouldn't see the void. Yeah? I rushed in, I put that space in there. Yeah? Did I? No. So, was this chair actually taking up space? And where would the effects of the chair be seen? It would be if maybe seen on the rug, yeah? Where it made a hole by being on it for so long. Maybe it banged into the table, I mean this uh, wall, and they, it, 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 it made a mark, yeah? But that's the only place it had any effects. Would it have any effects on the space? 
Do you see it? Do you see like the, oh yes, I can see the, I can see the imprint of that chair on the space. Yeah? Yeah. The chair was so important, it made an impression. Not, other, not many chairs could do it, but this chair did, yes. Yeah? No. Let's, so the same thing, here I am, you see me. If I walk away, do you, the only way you remember me is by memory. Yeah? You can't see me anymore. And yet, did, did you have to go into a closet and get a 6-2 inch size space to fill it up, the space I was taking up? Yeah? Or does it look like I was never here? And where are my influences? Where can I see the effects? Disappearance can affect disappearance, but I can't affect the space that I'm in. Yeah. And if I took this wall down, we wouldn't have to, you know, have a big truck bring a giant piece of space. Yeah? Because basically everything here is appearing in space. Yeah? It's not taking up one inch of space. It's not changing the scale or the weight of space. Yeah? Space is just space unaffected by whatever's appearing in it. That's what mind's like. Yeah. Mind is like that. Our mind is like that. Yeah. The mind is, there's many, 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 many mental states arising. Many, 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 many stimuli being, uh, being noted. Yeah. Many of these things are going on, but whatever is seen is not affecting the scene. Yeah. This is the freedom. This is the freedom of mind. Not the freedom from mind, but the freedom of mind. causing us to not to be able to take what is so to be so, yeah? It's almost as if our pre, our, the mind's preoccupation with things has made it blind to its own nature, which is of no thing, yeah? So what I found was my head, the interest and attention that makes up my this life, let's say if uh, I was interested in a woman and she was having a meeting at the, uh, in the other room, yeah? And I was interested in her biblically, you know, maybe like to have a kid with her. And I'm thinking I will, and it'll be a great kid, you know? And that kid will take care of me when I'm older, so it's very important. So, and I'm supposed to be doing a talk, but my interest is in listening to this lady, because I'm hoping she'll say something about me, like, hey, I like that guy, so I can make a move, yeah? And so people are going, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be doing the talk, and I agree with you, but I can't see my interest, that's a lot more important than this, yeah? Someone comes over and get, puts a book on the table, how to lose, you know, interest in conversations in another room. I page through it, and just, it doesn't help me, yeah? And yet, finally, the lady says something, and I hear it, and she's talking, and she's talking about Matt, and my name is Paul. What happens? My interest and attention, I don't have to take a retreat to grab back that interest and attention. It immediately leaves that other room and goes where? Right here. Yeah? Right here. So its, it's interest and attention is wedded or enslaved based on an idea that it's about you. When you're taking 
to be, if your mind's taking itself to be the premise of the selfing, then your interest and intention is going to enslave the mind to that. That's what the mind's going to reflect, is selfing. Yeah? And in the reflection of selfing, it will appear to be a solid self. Yeah? It's sort of like a helicopter, the, the uh, blaze of a helicopter. If they go fast enough, it seems like it's solid, it stops moving, yeah? So the selfie is going like this, and there's almost like a holographic image of projection in your head, and you see yourself as a body. Yeah? Look at it, man. Look at the thought system. How, how does it hold you? It holds you as a body. When, you, when the thought system thinks about you in the past, how, what is, how does it present to you? As a body, yes? Yeah? When the thought system is worrying about you in a future situation, how is it worrying about you as a body? Yeah? The thought system sees you, projects you, reinforces the idea of being a body. If, there's a, if our interest and attention is relying on that thought system, it's like having a, your own hypnotist every day in your own head. The story going on all day, will just you'll be in a swoon constantly. But if I'm not that, then my, I can be free of it. You see? If I am that, I can only be free as it. When, if I can't, and then it becomes obvious I can't be free as it, so then therapy and other things become dominant. Yeah? But if I'm not that, I can be free. Yeah? Why? Because I actually am free. There's no way my mind could have been bound. Ever. And it's an absolute. It's not like a conditional... Unbound, bound, unbound, bound. It's an absolute. There has never been bondage. So there's, see, for me, I'm free from the need to be liberated. It's an incredible liberation. <laughs> I could care less about liberation. <laughs> the way you get out of here is really being here. <laughs> addiction is the mind's addicted to the idea of being a self. Yeah? That produces an irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And then every solution we find usually becomes another addiction. Yeah? So you do, you start trying to get relief from the primary addiction, and then that, be, that grabs all your interest and attention because sometimes it produces tons of consequences. But the primary addiction is never seen. You never see it. The mind cherishes the idea of being a self. The conditional mind, it cherishes it. Yeah. It's willing to go through fucking hell just to be special and right. <laughs> and usually alone. <laughs> I mean. So if not to, if not to is a negation, yeah? And the original, or let's say the primary dualism is subject-object, yes? This being taken to be the subject. So the I, yeah, is claimed by the mental process, wedded with the you, and becomes me. Yeah? So the me is the culmination and the constant uh, completion of all the claiming, yes? My, 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 my. So... If, there, if this is seen, if so, if I see myself as a subject, as this, yes, you have to be an object to me. Yeah? 
then enlightenment gets presented to me, there has to be an object to me as a subject. Truth, an object to me as a subject. Awakening, an object to me as a subject. But if I'm not, if I'm not the subject as this, yes? You find out. It's like a pause that reverberates. The selfing pauses, and yet you continue. What you are, continue. You are the seeing of whatever arises, but you will never be seen. It's a great relief. You can put the rock down. So I'm not a real believer in the talking about how great it is, the oneness of all, oneness and like that. Because I think what's really stubbornly in place is, no matter how much you study the ocean, the problem is, is there an identification as a wave? Yeah? If I'm not that, I don't need to study anything. You know? You'll realize you're an aspect of wetness that you can't escape from. You are that ocean, no matter what your mind thinks, no matter what it brings up, no matter how it tries to place you somewhere, yeah? No matter how it wants to hunt for the authentic self that you may be, there isn't one, yeah? No matter if you believe you found the the fence post, self will think it appears over the fence post, yeah, and be free. The self will transcend the system that makes it. The fence post is wherever there's the feeling of being a self. The content can never leave the content. Self can't get out of self. Yeah? That's the beauty of it. If I'm not in it, I've never been in it. Yeah. There's an appearance of context, but I of content, but I am not of that. Like Jesus says, you're in this place, but you're not of this place. Yeah? You're in, you're in this place of content, but you're not of content. And then for me, it just turns into a traveling lighter. And it stabilizes, yeah? It's like dog, you know, dog shit awareness. It's nothing special. You're just on. <laughs> and this is just a seat assignment. You know? The last thing I probably want to do. This is like the worst career choice because I'm meant to be obsolete. <laughs> Seriously. I'm an inviter, or, you know, I just present a message. You don't have to go home with me. It's just a message. And I'm meant to be obsolete. My success rate is when you don't show up. It's like a very bad career choice. (laughs) Literally, it is. It's like they say in Zen, you know, if you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. If you throw this out onto someone else or something else, that something else is not going to serve you. Even though it looks like it's of service, it's not going to serve you. Because you are that which you want to make that person be. You are that. So let's say the interest and attention is released from the bondage to the idea of being a self because you've entertained, hey, I'm not that, yeah? I'm not saying it's totally become clear, but you've entertained it. 
So now the interest and attention leaves that, and it's amazing. It's a, it seems to be it seems not to be a, it seems to be like blind to no thingness, but only because of its addiction to thingness. Yeah, coming from a thing at a thing. When it's freed from this as being a thing, it senses its own nature, which is no thingness. You don't see a bunch of attention, do you? I saw someone we were driving over the bridge, a big bunch of attention and interest. You don't see it, do you? Yeah. Its nature is of no thingness. And once it rests there, the mind, the mind when it reflects that, comes to peace. The mind, when it reflects the emptiness of the sky, sees its original face. And it won't be fooled again. It doesn't mean the selfing stops. You have nothing to do with it. It's a mental process. The mind is trying to organize this place. And it's the organizing principle. It uses this idea of a self, and instead of just sensing all this stimuli, it's you're the one that the stimuli is doing to. Yeah? It's just a, it's a convenient way to sort of put everything together, in a sense, you know, for the mind. The selfing continues, but the product never gets produced, because it never could get produced. You are not, nor will you ever become a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You are of no thingness. Now maybe you'll have to see 800 examples of it, or it could be one. But once the emphasis shift is like Ramana Maharshi says, you know, your head is in the tiger's mouth, it's a done deal. And then he also says a really beautiful thing, to know God is to be God. That's what I really love. Because usually to know God would be the knower of God. To know God is to be the knower of God. No, to know God is to be God. Yeah. I love it. It's so quickly right there. Yeah. No, I want to be in the intermediary stage. I want to be a knower of God first. Then maybe I'll choose to be God. Yeah. This is selfing. It always wants to write itself into the story. Yeah. Like how, when you hear... When people talk about it, it's like, I, I, I want to know God. Like, oh, thank you. Great, thank you, oh, wise one. You are finally relenting, and now you're going to choose to know God. I would say, if God was God, it, you wouldn't be able to stop knowing God. Yeah? There would be no way in hell you could stop knowing God. <laughs> but the selfing plays God. That's what it does when you wake up in the morning and it tells you how the day is going to be. That's playing God, yeah? When it tells you how you are, how they are, how they're going to be, how you're going to be, that's playing God. God, in a sense you want to call it that, doesn't have to play God. It is, yeah? <laughs> there is a place called centeredness that's different than self-centeredness. Centeredness is complete. It's not in the act of fulfillment. It's not in the act of coming to a completion. It's already so. Being is in and of itself complete. Yeah? When mind reflects that, it rests there. Yeah? There's no achieving or... or uh, there's no drive to become anything. Yeah? Because what's so is complete already. It's way past the point of becoming. 
Maybe I see his one drive here is to express, but it's not here to get, not here to come to completion, not to be fulfilled. It's already so. It's all the qualities of what we're looking for. Yeah. But we want to look for it as a self. Yeah. People come to these meetings and they don't seem to get it because they're still dry, they still want to be there. They want to be there when they get it. Yeah? You, that's not going to happen. It's like you ever know when people would call you about a good party and when you got there it sucked? Yeah. It seems to always work out that way. This is the thing. People are waiting to get it. There's no getting it. Yeah. It's just the obviousness of it overrides the mind. Yeah. And the little system of thought that has given us a form of looking, which I believe is, is blindness. I think every form of looking we practice here is a sense of blindness to the natural seeing. The more and more adept you get at that way of looking, it's a deeper blindness in my view. This is about what would happen, instead of trying to correct the distortion of those glasses, if you weren't taking them to be your eyes, what could you possibly do? Take them off. Let's say you go to two-year class about getting, you know, studying the obsession with self. That's an obsession with self, isn't it? You know? There's no way self can't get, you know, you can't get out of self. You're studying how to get out of self, that's being in self, in a sense. Yeah? There's no way. There's no point where this failed system's going to work. <laughs> you know? It's like a dead horse. <laughs> you keep resuscitating and it's not going anywhere. It's nice because if it's not you, when it drops, you won't look back. You won't be hearing the siren call. Your interest and intention won't look back over the shoulder. The interest and intention will just be extending, yes? And in that pause or that epiphany, the, the essence of those free samples becomes what's stabilized, yeah? The irritability, restless, and discontent of selfing is replaced with a sense of ease and comfort in the situations and the skin you seem to be in. You travel lighter. Yeah. It doesn't promise to change the terrain of your life. You know, if you're going to get fired, you'll get fired. If you're going to get sick as a body, you'll get sick. But you'll travel lighter over it all. Yeah? And what more do you want here? I don't, never. But there's clarity, definitely. But don't you forget? My mind forgets it a, a lot, but that doesn't mean the clarity stops. Because I, I, I have a certain... I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I, if I, well, I, I don't experience it, but it's just there. It's just kind of there. But I, I, I remember it and forget it. It comes and goes. The, the, the perception of that comes and goes all the time. So how does it work for you, though? Well, the thing that, the sense of forgetting it and, and remembering it, I'm neither of those. When my head informs me that I've forgotten it, I'm not that which believes forgot it. Yeah? When it re tells me, hey, you've remembered it now, I'm not that which is remembering it. Yeah? I'm neither of them. Yeah. So when my head says, oh, you forgot it, 
I don't see it as me. Yeah? In other words, the sky, no matter what's going on in it, in it doesn't lose its nature. Yeah? It's empty and clear. That's the certainty. It's not, I'm not waiting for my head to be certain about it. My head can say, oh, you're not even, you forgot about it for the last oh, 20 years. Who cares? I'm not that. Yeah? What, where that's coming from is a sense of being a you. Yeah? The you that had it and now lost it and now wants it back. Yes? If you're not that you, then it's just, it's just selfing. It's just something else that's seen. Just like you see a chair. Do you see that? But it, all it does is imply there was a one who forgot. Which is an incredible possibility to entertain, that you could forget what you are. It is. If you really looked at it, the way the mind plays God is amazing. It plays God with something that's always so, everywhere at all times, and makes it infrequent and special to you. Yeah? And how much more playing God could there be than forgetting and remembering what's always so? Yeah? It has a sense of absoluteness that can't be manipulated or contrived by the, the mental machinations. Yeah, Because what's seeing that you forgot? And what's seeing that you've remembered? Wasn't there a seeing that, so that the idea of I forgot could be noted? And there's a seeing that the idea of I remembered again can be noted, that seeing hasn't left. It's always available at all times, with no requirement necessary. Yeah? Well, then, I, when I think that it's not there, I just think of being totally involved in the self that needs something. No, that's just a thought that it's not there. That's what it is. Yeah? How could, how could what's always there tell you you're not there? It's something else telling you that you're not there, yeah? How could what's always there say, hey, you're not there? <laughs> it goes against the whole sense of all... <laughs> you know, all the appearances of a special somewhere and everywhere has nothing to do with everywhere, yeah? Everywhere is everywhere. Every, at every point we make up a mental special somewhere, that's everywhere, yeah? Every, whenever we pull out the ruler and we say, all right, this is the beginning, I'm going to get to everywhere. And this is my process. Oh, I forgot to get to everywhere. And oh, this, and I remember now to get to everywhere. That's been everywhere the whole time. Yeah? All the mental gymnastics of, oh, I'm closer and far away, all that is is mental gym, gymnastics. It is an absolute state of seeing. There's nothing, there's no break. And what's being seen doesn't have much influence, doesn't have any influence on the scene. Yeah? And so, when a thought system appears in the scene and implies that there's someone who forgot, that is being seen. Yeah? Yeah? I have total faith in mind. Everyone sitting right here. The mind has not been adulterated or altered or crippled by any event that ever happened here. Yeah? It's still virgin and contextual as it's always been. And everywhere cannot be dominated by a special somewhere. Yeah? We can't make a little gated community and then want to have an experience of everywhere and bring it back to our special somewhere. There's just everywhere. 
Yeah? There's appearances are special somewhere, but that's all it is, is an appearance, yes? It's never so, it only appears to be so. Yeah? Like the word seemingly. The word seemingly means it appears to be true or false to you. This is the role the mind's playing. It's playing God. But what's truly there can't appear to be true or false. It's not an appearance whatsoever. Yeah? So if the mind gets the flavor of that, what's going to stop it from wrestling in that absoluteness of it? Because it is an absolute. The seeing is not relative. The seeing is not contrived, nor is it influenced by what's ever been seen. Yeah? It's a lovely place for the mind to finally reflect, because it sees its original face. It sees, and it can truly have peace of mind. It can truly come to rest, because it's in awe of what it's seen. Yeah? And in that awe, it has an immunity. It translates into an immunity to be able to recognize what's arising as arising, which means it's going to depart, which means it's not actually real. But what is it arising in, and what does it depart in? The seeing. And the seeing never blinks, never is interrupted, never gets more seeing and less seeing. It's seeing. Yeah. Infinitely seeing. Seeing nothing, actually. And if you're seeing nothing, there's no point where it alights to anything. It sees infinitely nothing. Yeah. That's like mind. And there's a sense of presence in that emptiness. Yeah? And that presence can become the most dominant influence in your day here. And yet it can't be seen. It can't be captured. It can't be owned. It can't be claimed. You can't wear it. Yeah? But what wasn't paying attention is now paying attention. Yeah? And it senses a presence that was, before it was in a mental absence, which was driving it to fill that absence, it's realizing now there's a presence. And the greatest solution to dissatisfaction is satisfaction. And I'll tell you something. When the mind alights on this, it knows, like an unspoken yes. Yeah? An unspoken yes. Like, there's no debate. I, this was the last answer. I haven't had another answer since. Maybe there are some out there, but this was the last answer. When this dawned, it was like an un, It was just like, ah, ha, ye, ba, ah, Yeah. <laughs> it was an earth, earth, you know what I mean? So if you don't take yourself to be the one that remembered, nor the one that forgot, then where the fuck are you? Right where you've always been. Yeah? What has it, what's not going to change, no matter if you went to 20 of these meetings back to back, there'd still be the scene. Yeah? The scene was occurring before you got here, during your year after. Yeah? Now, your feeling about being the seer may change. I'm really clear today, whatever, but the seeing hasn't. And the mind recognizes it. When the mind sees this original face, it recognizes it. An unspoken yes. The mind can rest, finally. Yes? Not seeking completion, not seeking fulfillment, not seeking, you know, authentication, 
interest and attention, almost like fuel, when it's, when it's taken from the system, the system starts slowing down. The thoughts seem to be, you always can hear them, but there's no listening to them. Yeah? The interest and attention is not interested in attending to it, because it won't be fooled again. Yeah. It's like, when you see a movie, it's like this movie going on. You think the movie's really good, but it's the audience that makes the movie. Yeah? Because once you get out of the thinking you're in the movie, the movie sucks, basically. But it's the audience that's giving everything the meaning. It's mind that's giving everything the meaning. Mind is giving it. Yeah? Now, mind has to go through this one little funnel, which is self-centeredness. And so every meaning it can give now is based on the premise of being a self. Therefore, the sense of being okay is put into time. I will be okay. Or, even worse, I was once okay. Instead of a sense of okayness now. Yes? The whole thought system is drenched in time. We did this thing. Here's the mind, yeah? You're sitting here. Let's say I'm in my little room. Everything's pretty cool. Having a nice night. And I, there's a magazine, so I open up the magazine. There's a beautiful layout for a couch. Yeah. And then once I look at the couch, my mind brings up the idea that, hey, you're couchless, Paul. You don't have a couch in this, this apartment. And suddenly, the couch or the absence of the couch has a huge meaning. If I had a couch, I'd probably meet a girl. And I'd probably, maybe I could see my first child in that. And now, the recognition that I don't have a couch is getting worse and worse and worse. Now, everything was fine before I saw this damn magazine, but now the mind's onto something, yeah? There is some, if I had the couch, and I brought it into this couchless state, I'd, be, I'd arrive, and I'd feel fucking good, yeah? All right, so now the couch becomes like a mythical there. All the while, entertaining the mythical there, the mind is invalidating this here. Yeah? It's withholding itself. It's not going to give itself into this moment because it should be a couch here. Yeah? I'm not gonna, yes? So now, the mind contracts, but with the hope that when I arrive, I'll really expand. Yeah? I'll be so freaking happy when I have that couch. Yeah? But now, until then... Yeah? So, okay, let's say you work hard and, and you're calling up people... Who have couches, and you know, why didn't you tell me how good it is to have a couch? And well, it didn't really mean much to me. And so now you work for three months, and finally you have enough money, and you buy the couch. And so you're waiting for it to be delivered. And you call people up for your big couch party, no one's coming, you know, fine. <laughs> it's not a couch, you know? But you don't understand, this is my couch. So finally, and I swept the place, and I have a perfect place for it. And they bring the couch in, yeah? And I, the, like, the, uh, the sweetness, yeah. You know? Oh, I got the couch, and then all the thoughts come. I picture the, my wife and the kids, and oh yes. And so suddenly, though, I sit on the couch, and I look around. I say, Jesus, I got to get a matching rug. Yes. <laughs> so as soon as that mythical there shows up and becomes a here, it's not enough. I want a mythical there. That's the same thing with mind and spirituality, everything else. Yes. As soon as it arrives, that mythical there always becomes a here. Yeah? 
And the drive it has is to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, I shot drugs, yeah? I don't want to surprise anybody. But I used to shoot drugs. I was an addict. And uh, I used to shoot a lot of cocaine. Tons of cocaine. And, you know, I... Uh, I would match my devotion to drugs to any devotee in spiritual history, like Hanuman, everything like that. I gave everything over. I totally prostituted myself. I surrendered everything every day to get that drug. I surrendered your shit to get that drug. <laughs> I mean, I was a complete, perfect devotee to that addiction to drugs. Yeah? And I'm here to tell you, I believed if I got my mind taught enough that my system of thought would snap and I would transcend the place, yes? And I'm here to tell you it didn't work, yeah? I completely gave myself to that. There's no transcending here. You can't transcend an imaginary place. I don't have to become a great devotee. I've already seen a life of devotion to drugs. And it's, there's no way you're going to transcend this place because it's not a place. <laughs> it's really like if you want to call it a transcendence it's being here the last place I've ever wanted to be was here my whole life was about making things that seemed so real unreal I didn't realize all my making them unreal made them as real as they could be when I finally let them be as real as they wanted to be they showed me their nature they're unreal but as long as I was trying to make them unreal they were as real as real could be just like if you have a belief that you're a fraud, yeah, and you don't want to be a fraud, you'll feel like one thousands of times. Yeah? You'll be so worried about being caught as a fraud, it'll preoccupy yourself. Just the desire not to be something you could actually never be produces the sense of being it. <laughs> you see mind, you see it. It's like bizarro world. You're thinking you're getting out of something, that's the act of being in it. And look at spirituality. I mean, it's incredible. What a business. They say it may take lifetimes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, talk about a layaway program. Lifetime of constant purification, which when you're always the possibility of being impure is at any moment. And who's going to tell you if you're pure or impure? The head. What's going to be your final authority? Your great guru? Let's say if the greatest guru of yours or mine showed up here and said, Listen, Paul, there's nothing you ever needed to do. There's nothing you ever need to do. And there's nothing you'll ever, you will ever, will ever need to be done. And I would, I, the relaxation would wash over me because it came from my authority of all authorities. But I bet you in two hours I'd be meditating. I bet you in two hours I'd be reading again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be doing something. Because the biggest God is the God in the head. That's the God. That's the God. It has tons of gods before it, but none of them are as bigger than that. Yeah. That's what self is. is playing God. It can't be God. It can't be, but it can play like it is. Yeah. So to me, to put this off as if, and to wait for you to get it, is a, is, is a crime, really. I mean, you can put everything else off. 
But this, this, the immediacy of this is overwhelming. You would have to be here before it to put it on. And I'm telling you, we're an appearance in it as this. To that we have no juice whatsoever. To other appearances we may seem to have juice, but only in the world of appearances. What we are is so prior to how what we're, what we're appearing as, yes? And there's no way this is going to get in front of it. So if you see it as you, how can you ever not be that? It doesn't matter if the mind agrees or not. Oh, you're really looking like the idea I had of being it yeah, today. Yes, you're doing really good. Yes, yes, you're getting more like it every day. You're either like it or not like it. Yeah? You're either it or not it. Any questions tonight? <clears throat> oh, yes. It's a dawning. It's a dawning. It's an incessant dawning. Yeah. It just has to be a dawning. Well, it is a dawning. Yeah. Doesn't even have to be. It is. It is a dawning. Yeah. And, and nothing, nothing to bring about that dawning. No, that dawning brings everything else about. How could it be brought about by what it's brought about? <laughs> you know what I mean? How could an effect become the cause to the cause, if you want to call it a cause? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to do, but you're an action figure as a parent, and you'll be doing a lot of stuff. But it's, it's not you. That's the good news. Yeah. If it's you, it's very important what you do, isn't it? Oh, extremely. Yeah. Yeah, but if it's not you, the action figure will just act. That's what it does here. You can sense it in the room. It's like a pause. Yeah? Yes. Yeah? Uh, you said you had a kind of final yes, so to speak. A lot of us have had timeless moments that were principally meaningful Are you sure of that? I don't know what the right words to put to it, but I know that... But there's a feeling. There's a feeling of going in and out. Yeah? Well, let me describe one. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, this is going to be like memory or something. No, I don't know. I was in India. I was in a tomb. I was reciting my troubles. All of a sudden, I, I remember... I don't know if the word remember, but I, I got the sense of... Yes, like awareness. I don't know. This tremendous amount of love and meaning, and this, um, and this realization that I, I, this 
example, let's just say, so when it was when it was happening, there was seeing, yes? There's seeing. No, when it was happening, and then, so when it was happening, there was seeing, which provided the mind to have an opinion of what was being seen, it was great. Now, then it seems to end, yeah? So now, when it's felt to be ended to the mind, the conditional mind, it's a little bummed out. But there's still seeing, yeah? The seeing is always the context. No matter if it's a wonderful, incredible event, or it's a horrific event, there's a seeing, yes? The seeing is, doesn't leave one moment. It doesn't, it doesn't go to more to this moment than that moment. That's the movement of mind, yes? Going to the phenomena. Mind like that hit, yes? I like to have this last, yeah? But prior, behind that is seeing. No opinion, just seeing, just seeing, yes? Yes, but see, all right, so there's this end and that, but both of them are contextually in seeing. That's what I'm saying. The resting is in the seeing, not in a great phenomenal event from a, like an awakening or a breaking through. Yes? Because it tends to terminate over time. Yeah? This is just the seeing, the dog shit awareness of every moment. There's seeing. Yeah? It's not about a real love for it or a hate for it. It's not about anything like that. Things arise and there may be, oh, this is really nice and there's that, but the seeing isn't discriminating any of that. Yeah? The seeing is just like a giant screen. Yeah? Always available at all times. There's no promise that you're going to feel great all the time. Yeah. You're just on. I would say some of the events that happen... We get caught up in the event, we get caught up in the phenomena of the event. The event, put, let's say a, a large glimpse of seeing, maybe creates a, a, a tremor in phenomena. And maybe our mind really likes the tremor of phenomena and, for, and then seemingly forgets the seeing. But the seeing can never be forgotten because it's always so. Yeah? If the attention isn't on being the mind loving its little candy, yeah, and then feeling deprived when it doesn't have it, and it just goes into that absoluteness of seeing, then you have an immunity even to that. Yeah? Even to when it gets really, really good, there's no big deal. Yeah? It's a freedom, freedom from phenomena. It's a freedom from being established as the one who had something. It's a freedom from all that. Seeing is seeing. Yeah? It's like a seamless context. Mind is looking for dislikes and likes. Mind, conditional mind, likes certain tastes. And some of the greatest fruits are spiritual ones. Yes? It loves feeling that bliss and that joy. And being... and, and like being risen above or everything, yeah? But it's always seemingly going to be matched with a coming down. If the mind attaches to one, it's going to be attached to the other. And then what happens is it creates this single axis called you. You're the one who felt really great, and you're the one who feels bad. There is no single axis. It's a teeter-totter, yeah? But it's imaginary, yes? It comes and goes and comes and goes, but what we are hasn't come and will not go. And it's not, 
It's, its qualities aren't bliss and everything like that. It's beyond those qualities. It's just awareness. Like open sky. It doesn't, when it opens, if you get a sense of open sky, is it blissful? Is it like doing a, a, a devotion, trance-like dance? No, it seems to be like empty and clear. Yeah. I would say that that aspect of mind doesn't move towards or move away, doesn't do, do, it's just seeing. A large S? Yes. Well, that's, some people use that terminology. I usually talk about self as the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. But you could use that as an indicator, yeah. 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 There may be bliss may occur, but it's not. it doesn't have to be a staple. They're just phenomena, yeah? But that is not a phenomena. Yes? I don't know. I just like the flavor of seeing. But, but there's also sensing and there's also smelling. And... Well, the way I hold seeing is a little different than that. That's why I use it. You know, I don't know how it's going to affect you, but it it it's uh, the closest fit to what I'm sensing. Yeah, I like the word seeing. Being it may has a little bit of an energy sometimes. Yeah. Because a beer could be thrown in there pretty easy. But seeing, I like a lot. So. Yeah. And also, so there's no practice at all? Well, there is if you have one. But it's going to, it's going to express in some form here, yeah? In other words, there's going to be, uh, I don't like, to, it's not a, it's not like a uh, absolute, yes? Because it can take what would be seen as somehow a means to achieve as a form of expression. Yeah? Yeah? It could take what you would look at maybe a path that has this mean, it has a, it's a way to achieve something as a form of expression. I don't know. I can't put a suit on it. It just does what it does, yeah? I know in my case, I had been practicing quite a lot, and when this, this sort of crashed in, uh, you know, it was like I, I, was, I was like in a, like this town square with my pants down. I couldn't pull my pants back up. I mean, I had a lot of investment in being a spiritual seeker. I was a house painter. I wasn't really good at that. So the only other thing I could hang my hat on was spiritual seeking. Yeah? And then that, that was stripped away. I was sort of naked. But this was cool because I, I, after a while I gave up trying to pull the pants up. And then uh, everything just start, took its own course. And then uh, how it was out here became suitable to it. Do the how out, out here wasn't bringing me to it, but the, the it, whatever, started uh, expressing in a, in a certain way that call, it turned into my lifestyle, yeah? I live pretty simple, and I don't, uh, whatever, but it was, there was no plan involved in it, yeah? In other words, it's beautiful. Like, I don't read stuff or anything. This downloads, and then through that download, 
then something's expressed, and then I get to know it by its fruit, in a sense. It intimates itself to me. Yeah? So I see what happens, and I get a flavor of what's influencing that. Yeah? And it's a lovely flavor. The choreography, and just a lot of different wild-looking ways of dancing here. Yeah? So... I'm not trying to. For, I'm not trying to have this fit into form. It, it's filling up form. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It fills up form. It. It. It travels on the words. The words are like a mental. They're like a, a conceptual envelope. But the message is inside when you open the envelope, and that's nothing. Yeah. And the conditional mind doesn't value nothing. It usually throws away that an aspect of mind sees it and gets it. Oh, Jesus, I'm not that. But the words are just like an envelope. There's something conveyed, like I sense a presence in the room as a whole. It's like um, in recovery we have a a saying, a loving God, and if you have trouble with the word God, just whatever you want to call it. A loving God expresses itself throughout group conscience. That to me is what satsang is, yeah? The association with truth. It produces a flavor. Now, individually, we may all be assholes, but together there's this perfume that's produced. Yeah? It's sort of nice. So. But being and seeing, it doesn't matter. I just seeing uh, has a flavor for me. Yeah. I mean, seeing nothing is unbelievable. Any other questions? Any questions? Yes? How many? You only get two to a customer. <laughs> you can buy a third one from someone else. Someone else can sell you. Huh? No. <laughs> no, the first one was a statement. Oh, all right. All right. Okay. See. Yes. Getting this. All there is. See. And this whole thing called life that seeing. And in that seeing, there's this something going on that says there's an individual here. Yes. Which, um, which is deemed as the seer, which turns it into a form of looking. The mind claims it the seeing and says it's on the seer which turns it into a form of looking. And that's why if you're looking for it, you never find it. Yes. This thing is pondering. Oh, that's all you need? Okay, you have any more questions? Alright, yes. We'll always come back to you. Can be, and that is what the mind makes of it. Yeah. But in other, if you let's say if you if you had diabetes as a body, it would be wise for you to take, you know, insulin. Yes. For people who, with, to me, alcoholism is like a deep mental groove, like a samskara they used in India. Yeah. One of the deepest mental grooves I've seen here is called alcoholism. Yeah. And that mental groove is demanding uh, a form of expression, and it moves through us. Yes. 
it's got its own, it's like an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness. And the trippy thing with recovery is, one of its characteristics is that you feel terminally unique, yeah, as an addict or an alcoholic. In other words, you don't think anyone can understand you. Or no one has your thoughts and your feelings and your reactions. No one's done what I've done in life. Yet you go to meetings sort of like this, where people share their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions. And after a while, you can only come to two conclusions. How did they get my thoughts, or they're not mine? Yeah. So AA is a great vehicle, addiction, to see that it's like a parasitical mind, or a foreign installment. Yes. And the root of the dilemma of alcoholism is self. The idea of being a self. Yeah? The activity of the obsession with it. So it's a really beautiful way to get to, I think, a really important idea to first entertain you're not that, because then the mind can entertain being free of it. Yeah? And that's what happened with the alcoholism. I was going in there, and I, the exact thing I just shared, and there was a point where something occurred, and I realized I'm not that. And as soon as I realized I was not that, the immediate possibility I could entertain is I can be free of it. Yeah. Not be, did, you know, get a little bit of my, you know, whatever. It's like a form of slavery. But I could be actually radically free. So, Tim? a very strong drive of the of self in you. Yeah? So when you see that other people have gone through the same thing that you seem to have gone through, it changes a lot. Yeah? And when the terminal uniqueness lifts, it's incredible. And then you just see that, well the thing is it's like, a, to me, alcoholism, I believe there's tons of mental wins. Tons of mental wins that are looking, seeking expression. They can't appear here, but they can, they can appear here through us. Yeah? And so they come through, and then, so let's say, anger expresses. And then the mind claims it, and now you're an angry person, yes? This is what happens all the time. So alcoholism is a strong mental wind, but what's amazing about alcoholism, it's been characterized. Yeah? They, people who suffered from it, because in the history, there was no solution. What they did to people who had alcoholism, either you were put in an attic room, lobotomized, electroshocked, put away in jail. You read the Psalms, you go to the Old Testament, they're talking about winos. How impossible how to deal with them, yeah? So this was a, a deep mental groove that has been seeking expression here, seemingly, for quite a long time, and suddenly, 1935, a solution appeared, yes? A solution appeared, and then it turned into Alcoholics Anonymous. And they... they, they they describe the characteristics of this wind, and if you've been taken over by it, seemingly, this a possibility, the biggest part of being taken over by it is you take it to be you. Yeah? In other words, it's expressions you call yours. All you're doing is you're using the poison as an antidote. Yeah? You're using the poison as an antidote. Let's say in, like say with alcoholism, when people are denying they're an alcoholic, they're more, they're acting like one all day. Yeah? 
What they found is, all right, we're going to use the aspect of the conditional mind, and we're going to turn poison into an antidote. So we're going to admit to our innermost selves, finally, that we're an alcoholic, yes? So then the system collapses, and I'm just adding something else in it, and you're not that, yeah? Yeah! But to get, in a way, the mind won't leap from, I don't want to be that, to I'm not that, yeah? When you don't want to be something, you're more like it than ever, yeah? So this is, okay, I'm going to admit to my innermost self, I am that thoroughly, and I am not that, yes? No, the idea of being a self, two of the ideas. Selfing is the mental process, which is like the drug of that addiction. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, I mean, I'm in recovery, and uh, one of the things about, um, yeah, the, the idea of being um, a self is to sort of kind of that, like, it's like, okay, I can have the realization that I'm not that today. Yeah, see, but just stay with that. See, the world starts after but, yeah? See the first part you said? I can be like that today. Hey, that's more than enough. The but is always the allegiance to the world again, yeah? Why not just stay in that first part of thing? I can feel like I'm not that now. That's all they need, yeah? If it's a possibility now, it'll be a possibility in every now you're in, and all you're ever going to be in is a now, yeah? But as soon as we butt it up with time once again, but what about tomorrow? See, the world ensues from us. We launch it every day. Yeah. Everyone I know, they'll, they'll describe light, and it always ends with the word but. And it's very symbolic, because it's like an ass, yeah? As soon as the but is, then, but I'm so crazy, you know, like this, yes? It's, we pledge allegiance to the fucking thing again. But just stay in that first segment. Yeah, I can feel free from it today. Hey, fucking far out. Yeah? <laughs> you see the persistence of it, yes. Yes, it's a, it, they say a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. To me, the problem doesn't exist for me, yeah? because it doesn't exist as me. In my view, I come, I'm in AA, but I'm adding another idea to it. I don't believe it's obsession with self is the real problem. I believe it's identification as self. Yes? So if I'm not that, then the problem, the experience, like you were talking about experiences, you may have an experience that the problem doesn't exist for you, but it usually reinserts itself. Yes? But to have that feeling of it doesn't, exist for you anymore is when it doesn't exist as you. Yeah? When it doesn't exist as you, that's when things stabilize. Yeah? They go, they leave the realm of experience and they enter states. Yes? In other words, instead of seeing consciousness as something that I do or don't do, you sense it as just what is. Yeah? In other words, you have no relevance to it. So if you don't listen to your head, you're right where you've always been. Yeah. Your mind may not get the joy of knowing it, but I'll tell you something. 
you'll be weaned off of even that. And then you'll just be stationary right where you've always been at all times. Yeah? With all the shenanigans arising and departing, going up and down, nothing's actually ever happened. Yeah? It's just seeing or being. <laughs> but being is a form of expression. But being is complete in and of itself. Being isn't trying to be. Yeah? It's not trying to be more being, is it? It's complete. In other words, it's, it's the mind reflecting that can rest. Yeah? Because it's not, it doesn't have an agenda. It's not seeking fulfillment, it's seeking expression. It's totally different. Yeah? It's a totally different like movement of mind. You can, the thing with recovery is tricky, but that's my tribe, yeah? I came out of there. And so, I say I'm an alcoholic every night when I go to meetings, because I don't, to say, oh, I could get around it by saying I'm a grateful member of AA. Yeah, I could do that. But the point is, if you're not, you're not. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times I say it, I'm not that. Yeah? My mind cannot make it so. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. My mind cannot make it so. It can huff and puff, and it ain't going to happen. Context is context. It's not influenced or determined by content. Yes? Seeing is prior to everything. So if there's a thought about, I'm not seeing much today, what's, what's noting it is seeing. Well, there's a thought, I'm really seeing, it's the same seeing. Yeah? You can't escape it. You can throw things on it, you can put bullet, you know, posters on it, you can put this on it, but it's the same, 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 same. Always available at all times, no matter where you are. No matter where you are in centeredness, you're in the center. In self-centeredness, you're never in the center. You're always looking for it. Yeah? You're always agitated. Everything, everyone's suffering from, a, from a, some form of addiction. Everyone's trying to recover from something here, yeah? They either want to be something they're not or unbecome something they believe they are. Yeah? How could you produce stillness out of agitation? How could agitation lead to stillness? Yeah. Stillness begets stillness and agitation, but stillness, yeah? So, any other questions? Yes.
that's that that drive to become, the desire to become. Yeah. You ever hear? You ever see the four noble truths of Buddhism? I think it's suffering, and what's the cause of suffering? Desire. And so, in a sense, what's desire? You could say there's an inherent desire, not inherent, but a fundamental desire to become in the mind, yeah? Which actually formulates the first addiction, which can never be fulfilled. It's never going to reach climax. It's like when I used to shoot coke, there wasn't a day when I just said, oh, I've reached cocaine nirvana. And I'll just put it down, you know, yes, syringe, very nice. And there was never, no, addiction just keeps on going. It fuels itself, yes? Why is it? They're just mirroring the original addiction of mind addicted to something it can never be. So it has to constantly, constantly, constantly be in agitation, trying to arrive at where it can never arrive at. Yes? Which produces, promotes a lot of disease, and therefore we find other things that become addictions to get relief from that. I mean, my first solution to alcoholism, which was identification itself, was to get loaded. Yeah? That was the mind's solution to it. And that became a huge problem. Yeah? This is what happens. What would happen if you got to the first knot? And if you got to that first knot, like you were saying, there's a fear of identity crisis. That's mind. That's just mind uh, rising in that sky of clarity, of seeing. Yeah? Whatever... And there's like the mind wants to pledge allegiance to this vague someone that is the one who has the identity crisis and sees the other ones who have the identity crisis. This is all mind, all phenomena, yes? You are still, no matter what, no matter how much you want to be invested in that, you're not that. You're the seeing, yeah? Hey, it's not personal, really. It's not personal. It's not like, uh, you know, your head may not like it one bit. Yeah. It may try to make it something all freaking day. But nothing cannot be twisted into something. It can only appear to be. Yes? Nothing is inherently nothing, and that's that. Yeah. If that dawns on your head, then the shenanigans, they never... They're seen. And if they're seen, you're not that. You're not the phantom that they're implying. You're not that vague someone who has a history and who has a future. You're none of that. You're just seeing. You're the seeing of that all. You are the seeing of whatever has comprised the appearance, the false appearance of you. Whatever reinforced it, whatever indicated it, whatever pointed to it, whatever inferred it, whatever assumed it, all of that, there has never, nor will there ever be, a someone. There is no noun. There's just verb, or being, as you would say. There's just verbing. Being, 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 being. There's no one that's being been to, or is going to be, or was being. No. That's the relief. The relief of being a noun. The relief of being the doer. The relief of being the haver. Yeah. The relief of importance. The relief of relevance. Yeah. You're incredibly relevant, but not mentally. And that's what the mind hates. It wants to be special. Yeah. For, that to be, for it to be special, it must live in separation. For it to have any, any 
glimmer of uniqueness, it must put up with separation every day, living in the hopes that one day I'll be special. One day I'll be uniquely awake, like no one else. Yeah? I'll have my own religion. <laughs> that drive is very incessant, yes, of mind. It's like that slinky. Yeah? It can never come to rest. As soon as it gets here, yes, this begets that, begets this, begets that, begets this. You want to not be this, you want to be this. Oh, you don't want to be this, you want to not be that. Yes, it goes on and on and on and on all day. You take one day and just expand it into 80 years. It's the same principle. One movement of mind is all the movements of mind. It's a seeking. It's a drive to look out. Yeah? To get. They're all different variations, but the same basic theme you can recognize in one moment of watching mind. You'll see the whole content of it all. In one little moment. It's the same same. The same drive of constantly want to be something it can never be. It has to be unfulfilled. And that pisses it off. Yeah? And so now it's busily shopping for fulfillment. Like those hungry ghosts. It's got a huge appetite, but its mouth's too small. It can't get enough, ever. Yeah? It, it will claim its own absence. People are looking for the experience of not being them, but they want to be the one who has the experience. Yeah? It's fucking insane. It will just keep inserting itself. Constantly. Yeah. It's, that's what it's done. It's, it's inherently absent. All the mind is doing is claiming its inherent absence and dragging the interest and attention in it so it seems present. And if for it to seem present, what's present has to seem absent. It doesn't make it absent. It makes it seem absent to you. It doesn't make it absent. Presence cannot be absent. But it can seem to be absent when you're present. Yeah? So in effect, what we're looking for is, the, is the, the absence of this as being you is the presence. Yeah? The day-to-day -day feeling of it. Yeah? When this is seen as inherently absent, the present becomes obvious. Yeah? But as soon as this appears again, and the mind takes the, the hook, it's like a hook in, in like mental states. Yeah? This little bait comes down. And then the mind rises, and once it takes the bait, it becomes a fish. Yeah? And not just a fish, a historical fish. There's a feeling like you were a fish before, and you're going to be a fish later. <laughs> I swear! Yeah? What would happen if you don't bite the thing? You can see the movement, but it doesn't, it doesn't have its climax. You do not assume to be a self. Yeah? What would happen? Find out. That pause, though bookended by time, moments of time, can be the dominating expression here. A pause overriding all the moments of time. there's a you. Yeah. Yes, there isn't. So caring goes on. Yes? 
Is it you caring? Who knows? I'd say not. Does that, whatever, maybe it, it doesn't care, but in this place of manifestation, it can express caring. Yeah? Yeah? What isn't so can be expressed. Yeah? Through caring, through compassion. I don't know. I never really have many profound thoughts anymore. I don't sit down and think about what's going on. I really don't. You know? I'm just in it. You just talk. It's like... You're so in it. That's, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thought system, to me, is archaic. It's a failed system. No storyline or narration going on about what the self or whatever is doing. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a feeling that if you knew somehow something would change. The knowing is the booby fry. You know, that's... The I don't know is the really nice form of knowledge. Yeah, I don't know. That's where the mind stays open and alert. And in that opening, it finds out. And find out is a much more convincing form of knowledge, yeah? If you're t attempting to convince this, this thing can be thoroughly convinced, and five minutes later it's unconvinced. Because it's dualistic, it's binary, right? Convinced, unconvinced. But this finding out has a much deeper-rooted knowledge, yeah? It produces conviction, a certainty, yeah? Like in your gut. And if the head shows up and says, I forgot it, that's all, that, that's all it is, is the head showing up saying, I forgot it. Then he'll come back and try to claim it the other way. I remembered it. <laughs> In the forgetful and the remembering, there's still the one phantom you, yes? Take out the phantom you, you'll see the remembering and forgetting, and the seeing will be obvious. When you believe you've forgotten, seeing. When you believe you remembered, seeing. <laughs> so, the two-step movement back and forth, in and out, your attention and interest won't be entranced that little dance step. Yeah? With you as the phantom doer. It'll open, the, the aperture will open up, and you'll, you know, the seeing, that's why I like the word seeing, they'll be seeing nothing. And that's a whole lot of something when seeing nothing is going on. Yeah? It's like, here, here we're inviting you to get nothing, give you nothing, yeah? Now, you've gotten something for a long time, and what it totaled up to was nothing. Why not start with nothing? Yeah? Whatever you're doing, if it's worth its salt, it's going to lead you to nothing. Why not start there? Yeah? And nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Nothing never runs out. Seriously. It doesn't have a quantity. Yes? It just keeps on, keeps on, keeping on. It's like an infinite well. You can't see it. That's the joy of it. So, are we done yet? Yeah. 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 Thanks, Paul. Hey, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have shirts. We sell shirts, too, if you're interested. And DVDs, right? And DVDs. A talk I did on uh, alcoholism three years ago for an hour and a half. It's a pretty good interview. I haven't seen it, but uh, <laughs> I hear it's good. LAUGHTER <laughs>
Oh, no, yes, yes, yes. First of all, we have a website, zenbitchlap.com. Yeah? And then we have three meetings a week in, uh, over the bridge here. Yeah? Two, in, two in San Francisco and then one in Marin City. And they're on this, in the, everything's on the website. And we have tons of talks for free. You can just download them. Because we do, we've got a large amount of content. Because I've been doing talks for a long, long time. Yeah? Hmm? Zen, bitch, slap. Dot com. Yes. So yeah, that's uh, that's all the information. <laughs> well, there's three different shirts. One has a dancing monk. One has a uh, says then bitch slap. And see, there's a little saying. We had a little joke called "What's the sound of one hand?" You ever hear the koan? "What's the sound of one hand clapping?" So we have "What's the sound of one hand slapping?" That's the Zen bitch slap. You've already been, you've been, you know, the spiritual subpoena's been served, bro. You've been bitch slapped tonight, hopefully. That's the yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, so I like Zen bitch slap. I don't like, you know, when I looked at the other, you know, the eternal presence, you know, fuck it. <laughs> there was something in there. Zen bitch slap. Yeah. <laughs> you need a different flavor, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because once the mind thinks it's noble, you're really fucked. <laughs> Seriously. If the mind thinks that it's more important to meditate than dish doing washing, and you're identified as that mind, you're in trouble. Because it's going to give so much meaning to that meditation, it can be used to ruin your day if you didn't meditate in the morning. Yeah? Watch it. Check it out. The mind, in the Course in Miracles... They, uh, they have a lesson, which was a very important axiom to my head, which is, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Yeah. So this is what this does. The mind here gives meaning to everything. This is, we're having a subjective experience. So you're really not experiencing anything but the meaning you give it. Yeah? So the mind is constantly projecting meaning. And that meaning that's projecting can be defined by a system called self-centeredness, if there's the active identification as a self. And many of us have gone around every inch of that system. We've entertained all of its possibilities, and it's a failed system. Yeah? But if it's free from that, if, it's, if you're not that idea of being a self, then mind will, another aspect of mind, other aspects of mind, will express themselves through you too and give meaning to things. And you will be the recipient of the reaction to that meaning. And to me, that's why life gets to be, you start traveling lighter. Because the meaning that's given to life changes dramatically. Yeah? But self, it's a failed system, I'm telling you. It's, you and I have been through every inch of it. We, you know, we followed its formulas. It's always about being okay later. Yeah? It's, it's just like a form of slavery. Your interest and attention is constantly wedded to it. And yet there's no, when it's, you know, delivery date, it always has an excuse. Any system that is based on excuses, rationale, and blame is a failed system. Just listen to your head. Does it have excuses, rationalizations, and blame? It's a failed system. If something delivered the goods, it wouldn't need any excuse. It wouldn't need to blame someone from stopping it. It wouldn't have any rationale because it delivered the goods. Yeah. So. Hey, thanks for... Coming here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs>